to Robert Ross, 6th of December, 1897, from After Berneval. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Villa Giudice, Naples, Monday, December 6th, 1897. My dear Robbie, I know that it would have been impossible for you to have prevented H. Blank's decision. What hurt me was that no effort was made, and I still hold that more was wrong. H. Blank is of the same opinion. He writes to me that he gave his decision not on the grounds of the written agreement, but on the understanding that existed. He told me at Reading that he would decide so. At that time I didn't mind. Afterwards was a different thing. I then had a right to claim that the strictest legal interpretation should be put on the wording of a very elaborate agreement. I knew that I was running a fearful risk of losing my income. I was warned on all sides. My eyes were not blinded. Still, I was a good deal staggered by the blow. One may go to a dentist of one's own free will, but the moment of tooth extraction is painful, as Moore's acquiescence in Mr. Hargrove's refusal to pay Mr. Holman wounded me, and I shot poisoned arrows back. Arthur Clifton is trying to arrange terms with Adrian Hope. I hope he will do this, but Adrian Hope has never answered my letter to him. I have not much hope, however. Things have come to a crash of a terrible character. You have done wonderful things for me, but the nemesis of circumstances, the nemesis of character, has been too strong for me. And, as I said to Moore, I think I was a problem for which there was no solution. Money alone could not have helped me, not to solve, but to avoid solving the difficulty. As for your letter to Smithers, I don't think you should have taken up such an attitude about me in consequence of some phrase in a letter of someone else's, with which I have nothing to do. You wrote to Smithers, I hope you will refuse to publish Oscar Wilde's poem if he insists on publishing first in a paper. The question of Smithers publishing in book form something that had appeared in a periodical was a question for him. What you meant, of course, was that you hoped Smithers would induce me to consent not to publish in a periodical. In point of fact, Smithers wrote to me seven weeks ago that he did not care tuppence whether I published previously or not. He did this in answer to a letter of mine in which I told him that I had refused an offer from the musician, on the ground that it would spoil Smithers' book. Blank did not, and does not, see why, if I got twenty-five pounds or fifty pounds from a paper for the poem, you should try to induce Smithers to refuse to publish in book form. Such things are constantly done. In any case, it was a matter for Smithers to decide, and he had previously assured me that he did not care a scrap. This was the meaning of Blank's no doubt too vivacious expression, and there is no offence in its substance. While, as for the form, I don't think that in the correspondence of either of you form has been the predominant note, or the sense of beauty, the indwelling spirit. In any case, it has nothing to do with me. I hope Smithers will show you all my letters to him in which you are mentioned. 
i am greatly and rightly pained at your writing to him that our intimate friendship is over and that you find you have no longer my confidence in business matters the former is a question at any rate for yourself the latter is unjust unwarranted and unkind and on the whole i do think you make wonderfully little allowance for a man like myself now ruined broken-hearted and thoroughly unhappy you stab me with a thousand phrases if one phrase of mine shrills through the air near you you cry out that you are wounded to death ever yours oscar end of section